Hello, everyone. Um, good morning and good afternoon, depending on where you are joining from. Um, welcome, everyone. We will. Um, this is ten o'clock on Pacific, one o'clock in the Eastern Time. We will give it a minute, uh, pass the hour, and start the webinar. Hey everyone, once again, welcome um, to the Heritage Summit um, 2023. Um, people who are coming back, thank you for joining in. This is a two-part Heritage um, Summit hosted by Kaiji Digital Insights. My name is Iman Bhattacharya. I'm Senior Global Product Marketing Manager with Kaiji, and I will be your host and moderator today. Um, legal disclaimer before we go ahead. Um, Kaijin products are shown here today are intended for molecular biology applications. These products are not intended for diagnosis, prevention, or treatment of a disease. For any updated licensing information or product specific disclaimer, please take a look at our user manual and go to our website, uh, kaijin.com. All right, um, so this hereditary disease Diagnostic Summit is a part event. Today is the part one. And on November 9th, we will be hosting part two, which is a panel discussion featuring experts in the field of clinical genomics that will explore the challenges and opportunities in the future of inherited disease diagnostic testing panel. And um, thank you once again for joining us today. Um, if you haven't registered for part two, please use the same link to register for part two, which will happen on November 9th. Thanks everyone. So before we go ahead, time for some housekeeping items. Um, during today's webinar, all attendees will be on listen-only mode to avoid any background um, noises. In case you get accidentally kicked out of the webinar or unable to see the slide, uh, please rejoin using the same link or refresh the browser. Um, as for this on 24 platform, you will see several windows on your browser. There is going to be a slide window that will showcase our presentation. There's a media player that will show the webcam of the presenter and um, it will enlarge when the presenter is sharing. Depending on the size of your screen or the device you're watching from, um, I would encourage you to play around with the size of the windows if something is unclear or too small or you are unable to see that. We can also maximize or uh, minimize using the icons on top right of the windows. Um, there is going to be a Q&A sections in the Ask Questions in this on 24 platform. If you have any questions for the presenters in, or 
any questions regarding our solution in general, let us know in the Q&A box and we will try to answer your questions or get back to you. You'll also see several other possibilities to other windows at the bottom of your screen. They will open up when you click and disappear when you click again. And in today's session, uh, some of our presentations will be live screen sharing. So I would request you to maximize the live screen sharing window and minimize the uh, other, other windows that will help you. Um, in today's session, we'd like to uh, we'd like you to learn about the specific use cases, um, get inspired, and think about what you can do with Kaizen's uh, clinical genomics informatics solution. And if that happens, then this that will be a success. But at Kaizen, we also want to get in inspired, inspired by your questions and learn about the bottlenecks you are facing and the needs that should be addressed. As we get started today, we would like to know from you that, in your opinion. What do you see as the main challenges or challenge in analyzing and interpreting large hereditary panel, whole exome panels and whole genome panels? I will launch a quick poll for you to take right now and we'll get started with the sessions after that. Um, a few seconds while you take the poll. All right, um, so the theme of the Hereditary Summit is analyze with precision and interpret with confidence. It is in general of Kaijin Digital Insights theme. And we would like to proclaim how our clinical content can help you and hopefully make your work in analyzing and interpreting large panels, exome panels, whole genome panels accurately and efficiently with confidence. We are the global leader in bioinformatics and clinical bioinformatics space. We have delivered over 3 million clinical patient cases. We have 90,000, um, over 90,000 users globally and over 20 million curated findings. So that's a little bit of our history. And um, we are not here without you. You helped us achieve to be the number one. And we have been doing this for over 20 years. And what has, what has enabled us to be the number one here is the approach we are calling augmented molecular intelligence. The reality of that is there is a lot of hype these days and we've been there for past years about AIs and machine learnings and NLPs, uh, curating and building knowledge. But in the heart of everything, what we do is about delivering trusted data that people can be confident in making decisions. So no matter whether it is at the research level or clinical or variant scientist level or in the data science level, the key is that we start looking with a lot of hype around AI and et cetera about the quality. Here in Kaijin, we use machine learning and NLP to identify rapidly the information. With human experts, we focus on in leveraging to review, validate, and augment the information into a high quality knowledge base that can be trusted to make accurate and confident decisions. In our today's session, our speakers will dig deeper into this. So the agenda of today's session is we will go through exploring um, latest databases, software, and services for germline and hereditary secondary and tertiary NGS analysis, and how every clinical lab can be empowered to closing the gap in clinical exome completeness, improve the data analysis with precision, interpretations, and reporting with confidence. We will start with secondary analysis, then going into 
variant reporting with confidence, trust using augmented molecular intelligence, and finally, talk about a high-quality genomic mutation database. I will utilize the opportunity to elaborate on each of these topics in detail before every session. Um, let's get go ahead. Um, the first session is today uh, is themed around secondary analysis, which is one of the first, very first steps in NGS data analysis and interpretation workflow, which essentially from generating FASTQ to VCF. You will learn how to automate secondary analysis with our QCA secondary analysis solution from FASTQ to actionable report in just four steps, which also includes variant calling, filtering, visualization, inspect quality control reports, and most importantly, get started quickly with configurable pre-med workflow. The speaker of this session is Dr. Neha Jalan. Neha is a professional service solution manager at Kaijin's Digital Insights Group in North America. She has spent over a decade working in genomics, bioinformatics, and microbiology while interacting with scientists providing solution for their research concern. Prior to joining Kaijin, Neha gained her experiences at European Scientific and Altria. She had earned her doctoral degree in microbiology and cell science from University of Florida and master's from University of Mumbai. I will hand over to Neha now to take the session ahead. Neha, if you can hear me, please take it ahead. Over to you. Thank you, Iman, and welcome everybody. Can you hear me fine? Yep, all good. Awesome, perfect. So as Aman mentioned, I'm going to talk about secondary analysis before we get into sort of the content and how we do get to the reporting and the awesome work that we've been doing for 20 years. But to get there, you first need to have your variants or VCF files. Um, so how do we get there? Uh, I'm going to skip over the legal disclaimer. It's the same that Iman went through that we are intended for molecular biology applications. Um, so when it comes to uh, your workflow in a lab, in a typical clinical lab, you have a wet lab input, you sequence your data, whether it's a small panel, medium panel, or whole exome, whole genome data, you would want to process those FASTQ files for most likely you are using, most people using Illumina these days, so you would, um, analyze the FASTQ files, get to your VCF. You obviously want to make sure the quality of the data was good, the quality of the VCF calls are good, and then get to the stage of interpreting your data and making sure what are your actionable variants of those and how do you report them. Um, for the purpose of my portion of this talk, I'm going to be largely focusing on the secondary analysis piece. So how can we take you through from your raw data to getting you VCF ready for interpretation? So what do we bring to the table when it comes to QCI secondary analysis? We bring workflows that are custom tailored to your panels. What I mean by that is most people on this call probably already know that Kyogen also offers their own panels and can also offer customized panels as well. However, you might be working with any vendor um, outside Kyogen too, and we are panel agnostic or vendor agnostic. So you can bring to us pretty much any workflow, any, any panel that you are running from any other of customers or Kyogen, and we will be able to support it. And we will be able to customize our workflow um, to kind of support you there. Why do we customize or optimize our workflows? Just so that we can provide you high quality results. At the heart of this all is we don't want you to be worried that at the end of the day when you have a VCF file for a sample, you have potentially 
missed a variant or called um, tons of false positives, and then you have to tackle them at the interpretation level and so on. So workflow optimization plays a role to make sure that the workflow fits for your wet lab chemistry that you're working with in your setting. And um, since it's QCI secondary analysis, it's hosted by us, it's managed by us, so you don't need to worry about investing in local hardware. We will be providing you a simple app that you can kind of install. It's a Java app. You can install very easily. You can get into um, our setup, and you can upload your samples, uh, run the analysis, download the VCFs, QC files, BAM files, et cetera, if you so need them. Um, so we can obviously support or beyond VCF and QC files. We can support more exports as well. Um, and this is very scalable. So you might be starting small and you want to grow big. Uh, you don't need to worry about, hey, do I have to take a specific type of you know, computer today and tomorrow, or do I need to increase the hardware? Um, so you don't have to do that heavy lifting at all. And then, of course, we have been doing this for a minute. We have customers um, and partners who are present across the globe. So we are not only working in North America, but across the globe. So we know what type of panels uh, we need to support, what type of questions people generally ask, um, of what type of depth of the data, variant allele frequencies, and et cetera, that people try to kind of focus on, and where we usually find issues if there are tricky um, variants that you need to call. So we, we kind of they, we bring that knowledge um, to kind of let you know what would be good for you to uh, uh, optimize your panel so that your validation runs successful. And then, of course, your patient uh, analysis is successful in future as well. Um, to look at sort of the brief workflow on what do you expect and how this setup would run, um, your lab would probably be doing the wet bench work and um, sequencing your panel or whole genome, whole exome, um, which would lead to the data somewhere on your local um, drive local machine, um, so on. And we will be providing you um, what we call QCI secondary connector. And it's just a Java app, basically. Um, and you can automate this app. Um, so once you set it up once, if you connect it with your um, local uh, set and uh, point it to a local folder, uh, it will automatically monitor uh, if there are new files, new samples that show up there, and it will automatically upload your FASTQ files to our secondary analysis setup. Um, we will work with you on naming conventions, um, and as long as they are named a certain way, it will automatically run the workflows as well. So if you have just a one workflow to run and just a one panel, it's easy, but sometimes people have multiple panels to analyze. Um, so we can work with specific conventions on how that would work, and it would get ready with the VCF files, the QC files as well, and if you so want, the BAM files or any other outputs. Um, this particular uh, output files can be downloaded locally, obviously, um, and this can be automatic as well. You can define where you want to put your results. We'll be happy to work with you on that. Um, you can then either compat, uh, make sure that this works with your LIMP system, if you do have an in-house LIS, or we are happy to also help you upload this file directly beyond just downloading it locally to our interpret system as well. Um, so you would just have to add the metadata to the interpret system, and then you would be able to create your reports and interpret all the VCF, all the variants that have been called. So in brief, it's a four-step process. 
Um, you start with uploading the data. The data gets processed on our system. You have option of download. Um, of course, either you upload it directly or we can help you upload and interpret the data as well. And you can just keep the download as an archive uh, for future purposes or your records. So that in brief is our workflow, how we get from FastQ to report in about four steps for you. So just to kind of give you an update um, on what are some important points to remember. Um, so this is a snapshot of just the app that you will get. And it's very self-explanatory if you look at sort of the top panel here, where if you have multiple analysis, they will be recorded in the analysis tab. If you want to do this process manually, you can obviously go to upload, download. It has an option for uploading to QCI. It has an option, as I said, uh, mentioned earlier for automation. So if you do your analysis daily, weekly, and run, um, you have your runs that are working at a certain cadence, at a certain frequency, we can absolutely help you automate this whole process so that once you set it up, you don't have to look at it unless you want to QC or check anything. Um, and of course, you can look at what workflows are available to you, and we can help configure things with your system. So that's where um, it's, you don't have to kind of look at all of these every time. Initially, it's just a setup. Half of these are managed by us. And once you set it up to automation, you literally don't have to do anything except open it, um, check it if you so will. Um, otherwise, you can directly go to our interpretation uh, portal and look at your results. Because mm, if anything doesn't show any kind of error, then you, you pretty much know that you are very well safe to go to the interpretation portal. Um, so how does it work is you're obviously uploading your sequencing files, selecting the appropriate workflow if you're so doing it manually. Um, if you are not doing it manually, it will automatically happen for you. Um, you can monitor your workflow progress in real time if you're curious as to how long it takes for analyzing a particular data set and then download your results however and wherever you would like to and upload it by yourself to QCI um, or automate the whole process. One question that often comes up is how do I visualize my results? So most of our customers don't want to visualize every patient data, um, especially if you are a high volume lab, but sometimes things can show up that you're curious about and you want to look at it in more detail. Um, so we are happy to provide you our output files in um, the CLC format or even a generic format. So CLC format, just because CLC Workbench is our own product, um, so you can easily take these and visualize them in the CLC Workbench. The free version is enough just for visualization if you do not want to do any further processing of this data. However, a regular BAM file, the VCF files, you can actually use pretty much any um, other tool as well outside of CLC Workbench. Any other third-party tools, they are these files are usually compatible with any visualizing tools. So you would be able to look at you know, what we covered. Um, you would have the reads. You would be able to pinpoint where the variants are. Um, and if you want to kind of go into detail, why is my variant? not showing up, for example, it, it could be because the quality was bad or something. It did not cross uh, the thresholds that we put in together um, with you. Um, so you would be able to tweak that, especially during your validation phase, if you would so want to do that. Now, one thing that we are very proud of is uh, that under the hood that we are using CLC Lightspeed. 
um, and why it is so important is uh, it does bring us both, uh, it helps us both in terms of time as well as uh, costs uh, for the analysis. So one of the big things as we are going from small panels, small to medium-sized panels, uh, to actually larger panels or whole exome, whole genome, um, is the um, now that sequencing is cheaper, um, the interpretation, the analysis and everything is the bottleneck. So how do we reduce that? One of the things that we've done is move to light speed. Um, and by what I want to highlight is you can see here with just a regular laptop, a CPU, uh, a typical CPU that we would all have with us, um, a whole genome run can be actually now analyzed from FASTQ to VCF in about 20 minutes or so. Um, which is much faster than if you would provide it a whole server backend, um, which we have benchmarked against some of our competitors like Illumina's Dragon or NVIDIA's. And they have a whole um, server setup and it's still, we are still faster. So if you put it on a more souped up machine, it could be much faster than this. Whole exome on that, uh, if you compare it, um, whole genome takes about 20 minutes, whole exome is done in about a minute or two. Um, so the an analysis portion is really fast. Um, what that helps us to do is not only sort of, you know, do this work faster, but also save on the compute uh, power um, that we use in the back end. So it helps us reduce the per sample analysis cost as well. Um, so it helps with both the secondary analysis runtime um, on larger panels or whole exome and whole genome and costs are a great saving factor. Um, what I also want to highlight here is that we do not, um, this is all done with making sure that all the results that show up are still very high quality. So these benchmarks do not compromise on the variants that are called. Um, it doesn't compromise on leaving out certain variants or calling tons of false positives or anything like that. Uh, it takes into account all of those. So you would still get high quality results. It's just uh, optimization that our uh, CLC team has done on the back end to make sure that uh, we can improve on uh, analysis um, side or compute side of things. Um, I did speak uh, very briefly about workflow optimization. Um, and sometimes I do get this questions that what does workflow optimization add uh, for me? So if you are using a very, very well-known panel, which is um, you know used by tons of labs, then probably there is a very well-defined pipeline for that that we already have. But often people use their own particular subset of um, genes that they are interested in, so their own custom panels that they've built in, um, or their sample quality might be a little bit up or down depending on what your lab is testing. Um, also, the wet lab um, could be different for each lab. So, of course, the quality of data that comes out of that could be slightly variable uh, as well. So that's where optimization comes in. What we bring to the table is we kind of, you know, work with you, make sure your panels, we start with the basics of are you, are you looking at hereditary or somatic panels? What are you trying to call? What are your sample types? In this case, most likely you're interested in blood samples, some kind of tissue samples. Are you looking at variants that are known to be very tricky? 
or uh, insertions, deletions, CNVs, what have you. So beyond just the SNP calls, what is it that you are interested in? Are there larger indels, smaller indels? Are there CNVs? Then we would make sure that our workflow actually um, covers all of those. Um, we will also work on what is the allele frequency detection limit that you want to aim for. Of course, the chemistry has to support it, but as long as we know the chemistry supports it and the sequencing depth is there, we would make sure that the cutoffs are actually meant to work for your lab so that you don't see, uh, so that there is a good balance of true positive with false positive calls. Um, so we would go through, that's what optimization essentially covers. And based on all this information, we come up sort of with a list of samples. Um, and essentially this includes some standard samples. It could be genome in the bottle type samples. Uh, and some of the known samples to, in your lab that we will ask you to sequence in your setup using your chemistry. And then we would test it on our workflows. We would make sure um, that it is calling what it's supposed to call. It's not calling what it's not supposed to call. And that's how we optimize the workflow before we provide it to you for production purposes. Um, so this takes away from most of your work that you would have to do for actually doing the validation piece. Um, so we are bringing to the table sort of, you know, the heavy lifting on the validation piece. Uh, you would just have to run the setup in your lab with your known samples to make sure it's doing what it's supposed to do. If you find it to be a little up or down for whatever reason, we'll be happy to take that uh, conversation ahead with you as to why this happened or something needs to change before you actually get into production. So at the end of the day, what you get is confident assessment, just because it's um, we make sure that for your lab, for your panel, for your setup, um, the workflow is covered um, and there is no positive variant loss. Um, you save time and resources because we are doing the heavy lifting. We are maintaining um, our secondary analysis setup so you can have a small um, sample lab today and you might grow more tomorrow, you might add more workflows. Um, so we would take care of all those things. And of course, the scale up factor is there. Once you optimize the pipeline, you can run multiple samples uh, at one go. It just depends on wh what is the depth that you want to go to. So I hope that I convinced you to uh, look at our secondary analysis workflow. Um, it's a scalable cloud-based secondary analysis. So we run all of this on AWS. Our workflows are customized. They will cover all your analysis requirements. We will be able to provide you visualization on CLC work, uh, Genomics Workbench or any third-party tools if you're already using them. And then of course there's automation. So I can talk a little more about uh, um, automations or anything, any questions that you have in detail um, or demo it separately outside for your setup um, if there are more questions. Thanks, Neha, for the great talk. Nicely summarized. Let us do the heavy lifting that you can do the and go ahead and do the science. Um, if you want to stay around for a little bit, um, before that, I'm going to take a quick poll and request all of you to take the few seconds to take the poll. Um, we have a few questions. Um, I will start with one. How will you handle different version of assembly? 
Okay, so I assume this question is um, if you are using AG19 versus AG38, and if you want to use either or, we can definitely support both. Um, our workflow can have an input of either or. Um, most people obviously are using AG38, but for whatever reason, if you want to use the previous versions, we will be happy to do that. Mm, we haven't really come across clinical labs who want to use both versions in production. Sometimes you might want to test out each version um, before you get into production if there is a need to, but for most parts, we will be able to support either or if you just let us know which one you want to use. Okay, perfect. Um, in your talk, you talked about we moved to light speed and we, you showed us a few benchmark of like speed with Illumina and Nvidia. What exactly is the light speed? So Lightspeed is our in-house, um, so we, we have this collaboration. It's You can think of it as a tool, and literally the name says what it does, um, that it takes the mapping. Um, so it takes uh, both QC, trimming, mapping, and calling of variants, roll it all into one, uh, all the steps that you need to start on a fast queue and get to the VCF. Um, and does it in a very efficient way. So it takes care, it reduces the amount of data um, uh, and thus it reduces the amount of computational time. Um, logistically, how it does it is it doesn't lose any data. It gets rid of certain names, certain tags that you don't need for analysis, it makes the analysis uh, much, much, much faster. That's what Lightspeed essentially is. So the pipeline that the tools that are running under the hood to call the VCS. Okay, thank you. Um, one question is on the similar line. Was the time to analyze whole exome as well as whole genome samples? I believe you showed this on your slide. And is there any significant time differences? So whole exome usually, depending on the depth, can go a little bit up or down, but it's very few minutes, like a couple of minutes. And whole genome is about 20 minutes or so. So again, depending on the depth, it can be just a little bit up or down. So it's not really much time difference. Um, I mean, if you think about the scale of data, the amount of data that you have, plus it's not that you would be waiting for one sample to get analyzed at a time. If you are you know, running a 96 sample run and you throw in 96 samples on the setup, they are all getting analyzed simultaneously. So within a few minutes to like half an hour or whatever, you have your VCFs ready to be interpreted. Okay, perfect. Um... We thank you so much, Neha, once again, for the great talk. Um, I know we have answered a few of your questions, but I'm not, if there is any questions we didn't get to answer, we will get back to you after our webinar is over. And now moving on, thank you once again, Neha. Now moving on from secondary <laughs> analysis, of course, to our next segment, um, the part, part two of our, of our talk. Um, so in the first session, in Neha sessions, what we all learned how to get from FASTQ to VCF using the QCI secondary analysis. So what happened is that now you have your variants identified and you are interested in accurate and effective interpretations and how to quickly report them, right? So in this session too, you will learn how can you interpret complex hereditary and inherited disease cases and increase your diagnostics yield with Kaizen Clinical Insight Interpret or QCI Interpret. And we will also delve in the session into AI-powered curation to enable high-confidence variant interpretations and reporting of the complete clinical exome. The speaker for this session is Dr. George Stamulish. 
George uses molecular genetics by training, and he is currently director of global product management for hereditary disease in Kaijin Digital Insights Group. Prior to jo joining Kaijin, George was a global clinical applications product manager at, for hereditary disease at Sophia Genetics, and he has earned his doctoral degree from University of Geneva in human medical genetics. With that, I will pass the ball to Georgios. Georgios, if you can hear me, um, please take it ahead. Thank you very much, Ayman, for the introduction. Uh, good morning, good afternoon to everyone. Uh, it's a great pleasure being here today with you. And I will try to give you an overview of uh, how in uh, Kajan Digital Insight team, uh, we are closing now the gap, uh, especially on bibliography and content for clinical exome completeness based on AI-powered uh, uh, approaches combined, of course, with the best-in-class manually created content that uh, Kajan Digital Insights provide. Is the disclaimer. So this is our agenda. We'll start first with a, a quick intro on the current landscape of hereditary disease testing and interpretation. Um, as uh, you may know there from the ancient Greek medicine, there was this uh, theory of Hippocrates of the four humors, the black bile, the yellow bile, blood and phlegm. And these four humors, they were detrimental for the disease and health status of an individual. Nowadays, we have the four nucleotides, which are determining our health and disease status. And these are the four, uh, the, the four important, uh, uh, the four important uh, uh, bricks that build this uh, beautiful uh, building of uh, our uh, body. And uh, they, they contain all this uh, extremely useful information. So uh, if we look in the hereditary testing field evolution, we see that uh, from uh, the early 2000, uh, we have uh, the single gene testing, then we moved into multi-gene hotspot panels. And uh, nowadays we are in the multi-gene exome and the whole exome and whole genome panel and clinical exome, uh, which uh, are kind of types of tests that require a lot of information, uh, a lot of uh, analytic efforts and uh, of course, we're moving towards uh, a multi-omics approach where uh, users will combine uh, in a routine diagnostic setting very soon uh, DNA testing with RNA testing and with proteomics, metabolomics, and other types of uh, information. Uh, but uh, here, what uh, I will be talking to you today about is basically whole exome, clinical exome, whole genome uh, analysis and interpretation and how we are helping you to do these types of interpretation based on our content. If we look uh, on the evolution of uh, the existing knowledge, uh, the rise of this amazing technology, the NGS technology, when it happened, it, uh, it gave a significant outburst in new findings. Uh, and as you can see in these graphs, we have uh, much more discoveries uh, when NGS uh, technology came in in terms of uh, which genes are known to be associated or which genes are discovered to be associated with monogenic and Mendelian diseases. Uh, just as a reference, uh, till the October 9th, in OMIM, we have more than 4,400 genes that are single gene disorders that are known to be associated with uh, a disease. And it is estimated that these um, this number of, of, of uh, genes is approximately 9,000. So we are approximately uh, in the middle of this journey. 
And uh, knowing that uh, approximately one new gene is discovered every day uh, as, as uh, being uh, involved in Mendelian diseases, it means that there is a lot of new knowledge generated every day. And this knowledge should be available to you uh, who are doing uh, interpretations, to people who are doing interpretations. And that's what we're doing. We're bringing this knowledge uh, in front of you. So if we look on the hereditary NGS interpretation from Z to A, and when I'm saying Z to A, I mean from zygote to adult, we see that uh, there is a constant uh, involvement of uh, NGS interpretation in different stages of our life cycle, from NIPT, non-invasive prenatal testing, down to uh, diagnostics in NICU-PQ units, or uh, infancy testing for Mendelian disorders, or uh, uh, hereditary cancer testing in adulthood, as well as pharmacogenomic testing for uh, while we are uh, aging. So the NGS interpretation is very important and uh, is extremely uh, significant uh, for uh, our uh, health uh, uh, status and, uh, in order to uncover any potential uh, risks for our health. So now the question that arises is, how can we do an efficient and uh, streamlined interpretation when it comes to whole exome or whole genome with more than 25,000 and 3 million variants respectively? How someone can analyze confidently and quickly these uh, uh, variants? There are basically many challenges. The most important three key challenges for clinical labs which are conducting NGS testing, first of all, is the fast interpretation and faster around time. Uh, there is a big need for an, a, a very efficient and fast interpretation workflow, and it's extremely challenging when this comes to whole exome and whole genome because there are lots of data to be uh, analyzed and interpreted. The second challenge is that uh, in order to develop these solutions, like an interpretation solution, it's, ex it's extremely difficult uh, for a lab to develop their own, let's say, interpretation workflow. So to develop and operate, but also to maintain this uh, such a tool, it's it's extremely difficult, but also very costly. Uh, that's why we are here for you to provide you these tools in order you to spend your valuable time on the actual interpretation, which is extremely important for your patients. And last but not least, uh, is the most important thing is to stay current with the uh, knowledge that is acquired every single day out there from the new discoveries that are done. And this is extremely difficult to be done in order to keep up with the constant evolution of the field. Every day there are published many papers out there which are extremely important, uh, most of them, or some of them, for your interpretations. If now we look uh, in other challenges and someone may want to refer to other challenges, uh, we could uh, uh, look in, uh, first of all, in the huge amount of data Invariant when we speak about whole exome and whole genome. Uh, so the bigger the panel is, the bigger is the interpretation effort. Uh, the interpretation time is critical, of course, for a faster around time. Uh, also, the periodic reanalysis of undiagnosed cases is something that many labs are looking for, and we are working on that. We have already uh, developed something for this, which, which you will see uh, soon in the next uh, release, hopefully. And uh, of course, to keep up with the most recent bibliography and latest evidences, uh, which is extremely important. Of course, CNV analysis is uh, also something uh, uh, of, of a crucial importance for many labs, and we are addressing this part as well. 
Last but not least is which approach uh, a lab should uh, follow when it comes to interpretation and evidences for, uh, for taking into account in order to confidently sign out reports. Should they trust just artificial intelligence or manually curated content by experts? So the question is quantity versus quality. So our proposal here in Kyogen is to combine these very uh, powerful approaches together and get the best out of it. And that's what we are doing, and I will showcase that to you in a bit. So now, if we move uh, to the second part of our, uh, of, of our talk, uh, I will try to introduce you uh, very quickly uh, our Kyogen Digital Insights team and the, the tool that we're speaking today about, which is the QCI Interpret platform. So uh, I will first try to give you a brief overview of uh, Kajen Digital Insights. The team consists of uh, hundreds of scientists and engineers and other specialists who work daily to keep on top of uh, the new clinical literature, but also to provide products that uh, help translate genomic data into clinical insights and uh, actionable insights. Kajen Digital Insights provide a variety of products in, in different areas from academic research on human samples all the way to clinical laboratory testing. And uh, one of uh, the fundamental and uh, core things uh, we do is to curate uh, these evidences from the scientific literature and to make sure that, that we keep up to date this information for you. So you can get a constant uh, current uh, uh, view of what's known to be clinically relevant and of course to, to gain insights into your data and clinical results. Uh, Kaijen Digital Insights uh, at the moment is serving more than 90,000 customers worldwide and uh, our clinical decision support tools have been cited in over 35,000 publications. And uh, Kaijen Clinical Insight Interpret, the tool that we will be speaking about today, uh, it's, it enables you with a reliable, fast and accurate interpretation and already it has been used to, more than, to analyze and interpret more than 3 million patients' samples. So uh, now, uh, by, by looking uh, in this slide here, by having uh, the five pillars, as, as I call them, of, uh, of the Kaijen knowledge base and the augmented molecular insights that we provide in our knowledge base, uh, it is extremely important that uh, we consider all uh, these five pillars as, uh, as, uh, as being crucial for our clients. First of all, the depth of inf information we provide uh, with uh, a huge amount of, uh, of uh, findings and uh, curated uh, findings, the breadth of information, more than 20 years of expert curation, the quality of this information, uh, since this information is curated daily by more, than, by more than 250 scientists, the timeliness of this information, uh, we have uh, daily, weekly, and quarterly updates uh, in different uh, parts of our uh, Kajen knowledge base. And of course, the context of this information, which is extremely crucial for an accurate interpretation. Now, if, uh, I, 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 would if I, I was trying to basically to describe you a little bit the, the, the process that we work uh, in Kajen knowledge base, uh, I would mention that uh, this knowledge base is fundamental and core to our products for a reliable and, and fast interpretation. And I'd like to touch a little on our curation process, how we curate this information. And this information looks like a, a factory-like process on a high scale, if you want. 
We have uh, hundreds of PhD scientists uh, that they are working on curation systematically through curation protocols and processes which are rigorously uh, tested and defined. And, uh, and that provides a very high quality computable evidence which then can be used to put the data that is generated from your NGS runs into context of uh, what's uh, currently known about the variants and the mutations detected. Those evidences can be created from a variety of different sources such as uh, scientific literature, but uh, we also create medical guidelines like practice guidelines, drug labels, clinical trials, as well as molecular data sets and population-wide data sets uh, regarding genomic variation and potential pathogenicity of the variants. So uh, a wide variety of different content sources uh, which are clinically relevant are curated daily. And this is done through a distributed work of scientists, as I mentioned. And this enables our various application, including the QCI interpret, to compute and combine all the relevant information related to the variant of interest and put it, of course, into biological context for you. So over the past 20 years, we have more than 20 million findings. Uh, and uh, as we call them, in order to uh, basically ensure that geneticists and scientists across the globe are using the most updated information for uh, their uh, interpretation in hereditary testing, but also in uh, uh, somatic uh, testing and cancer. So if I would ask you uh, which features are valued most in the germline analysis for you in the different uh, parts of an analysis, for example, the analysis platform, the sequencing, or the secondary analysis that Nick had just presented, or the interpretation and reporting uh, part, which I will be focusing. Uh, if, I ask, uh, if I ask you what's most important for you, is it quality, is it the speed, is it the cost, what would you pick? Uh, if you would pick just one or two of them. Well, you don't need to pick any of them because uh, in Kajen Digital Insights, we are providing all three of them uh, in, a, in, a high, uh, in a high quality with high speed and low cost, of course, in order you to save uh, lives, to save time and money from your uh, uh, workflow. So now if we move into the uh, actual tool, uh, overall, I'll try to give you a, a high-level description of what uh, Kaijen Clinical Insight inter Interpret is. Basically, it's a clinical decision support software which can accelerate the variant interpretation and the reporting of the hereditary, but also oncology and GS test at scale. It is powered by the Kaijen knowledge base, and it provides many different filters and tools to prioritize variants uh, based on ACMG classification, of course, but also based on information from Kaijen knowledge base. We provide high-quality phenotype-driven ranking, which is extremely important, especially when it comes to clinical exome investigations or whole exome and whole gene investigations, where you have information about the phenotype and you want to give this information to the platform and then rank accordingly uh, and prioritize accordingly the variant based on the phenotype of the patient and uh, give you the most probable variants and genes that may be related and causative for the disease that you are suspecting or the phenotype that you that you uh, see in your patients. And of course, it provides, uh, it generates evidence-based reports very easily in just a few clicks. And uh, it provides all the manually curated content. Uh, it, it is the best in class, actually, uh, manually curated content that someone can find out there at, at the moment. Of course, it is certified with ASO 13485, and the IVDR as well is on its way. We have uh, been very successful on that, it's just now a bureaucratic uh, matter, if you want, because there are many companies, as you know, that they have submitted their uh, files for IVDR. 
So now if we look in the workflow, uh, as Niha mentioned, uh, we are sequencer agnostic and uh, also uh, chemistry agnostic. Here I have an example of Kaisek actionable exome. And then is the from past queue, we move to uh, uh, the secondary analysis that Neha just presented. And QCI interpret comes, comes just after the secondary analysis part when a VCF is generated. So the input of QCI interpret is a VCF file and this can submit it to QCI Interpret through multiple ways. You can use QCI Interpret through API, but also through the UI, the user interface, which is an extremely user-friendly uh, interface for our users. And this, uh, when you submit that, then uh, automatically variant filtering is happening and uh, you have the variant classification, automatic variant classification. And uh, in just a matter of a few clicks, you can do very easily your interpretation and export and report your variants in different formats. QCI Interpret is a platform for all hereditary applications, different hereditary applications from hereditary cancer uh, to carrier screening, trio analysis, familiar variant analysis, whole exome, whole genome, clinical exome, rare disorders, uh, as well as somatic. It's not just like any other platform on the market that you may are aware uh, about different platforms. Basically, QCI Interpret is the only interpretation platform which contains the most ex extensive curated evidences and content from literature in order to ensure the high quality of this information by not containing any false positive information so you don't miss time to clean up these evidences. We have done that for you. And of course, these best-in-class manually curated content now with our most recent release is enhanced further and combined with AI-driven content. QCI Interpret provides different features and tools for the most comprehensive and streamlined interpretation. And uh, we give, of course, full transparency on the source of the article, of all evidences. We do frequent updates on, on this information. Uh, we provide now a, an updated phenotype-driven ranking based on artificial intelligence, which I will show you in a bit. And of course, uh, the AI content that we provide now uh, on top of the manually created content. And uh, I would like here to, to mention also that uh, we have, uh, uh, as, I, as I said, the, the full transparency of the article source of all evidences. And uh, for the phenotype-driven ranking, I'm not sure that I mentioned that, is that uh, the AI now approach that we are using have improved a lot uh, our previous phenotype-driven ranking. And this is basically outspacing any other tool with phenotype-driven uh, information and analysis that someone can do. This is because this phenotype-driven ranking tool has been developed uh, through thousands of cases of real-world real data, actually, and because it is taking into account multiple sources of information and not, not just the gene and uh, the disease uh, association that maybe is known in different databases. We take also into account many variant-specific uh, variables, which helps us to further uh, um, prioritize and rank variants even better. So uh, here uh, I will showcase uh, some uh, features that are available in, in the platform on a high level. First of all, we have different filters that someone can apply, save, and use for the uh, future investigations. These are for confidence filters, uh, frequency filters, predict, prediction of the deleteriousness, and many, many other parameters that someone can set in order to, uh, to, to save time and save these filters for the next uh, interpretation workflows. 
Moreover, we provide CNV analysis, automatic CNV analysis based on the latest ACMG CNV guidelines and uh, all the available evidences from bibliography that uh, can help you to better classify and interpret uh, the, the, relative, the, the related CNVs. The phenotype-driven ranking I mentioned before is now further enhanced by the AI-driven approach. And of course, the clinical validity feature that is extremely important in order to have full transparency about the gene disease association strengths, but also about the phenotype information that uh, the user is providing to the platform. Through this network here, you can see the, uh, the, the relation between the phenotypes that someone can give and different other diseases, or at the end, to see the, 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 the link between the, the phenotype, the disease, and the gene and the variant that you are, are investigating. Moreover, we have uh, implemented also uh, different filters, and, but also different tools in our platform in order to ensure that the users can make variant assessments directly on the variant list page uh, on the fly without the need to go into the details of the variant. Especially this is very important when it comes to variants that have been previously uh, seen in other runs from the lab and they have made some assessment notes for these specific variants. So uh, these assessment nodes are saved and are shown back again automatically. So you can report these variants directly uh, without the need of uh, uh, looking further. And this of course saves, saves a lot of time. Uh, additionally, we have added uh, different types of information, different uh, information, for example, here, the second column that is highlighted, the ClinVar column, now contains uh, the, the submissions of ClinVar for this specific variant in the different categories. And this can give you uh, a first feeling of the potential pathogenicity of the variant uh, that you are investigating. I think this information is extremely cr crucial. And uh, there is a very high concordance, of course, with the way that we are classifying the variants as well. Moreover, uh, there is another feature that we released in the late, in the last release, not in the latest release, uh, which is also very useful. Uh, there is uh, now a button with a folder here where you can store different types of tests or information from your patient all in one place, and you have like a, a summary folder of the patient and the different tests that this patient has been gone through in order to have a, an overview uh, of the different uh, uh, tests and results of the same patient. Last but not least, we have uh, reports that are easily uh, customized, uh, but also very standardized uh, on guidelines. Here on these examples, you see a hereditary uh, example from an actionable exome and the carrier screening report which also contains a lot of information about the frequency of uh, specific variants in different types of populations, which is extremely uh, useful for the geneticists, but also uh, the consultant geneticists when they give back the information to the couple to explain them the different uh, risks, but also the frequencies of these variants. And now I will uh, move to the third part of my presentation, which is basically uh, I would say the, the interesting part where, where we will see some cases. Uh, I think the previous parts were also interesting, but now we will go to, to the real uh, world data. So let's see how we are now incorporating AI, uh, artificial intelligence and augmented, augmented molecular intelligence into our manually curated content. 
you can see in this uh, picture here that we have three layers of uh, extracting information. The first one that we are now implementing in the bibliography as well is uh, the AI and machine learning curation. And this happens to databases. This is happening for clinical articles for the most prevalent disease genes. And here I'm speaking about the genes that are most uh, commonly tested from different labs. Those are around 1,500 genes. And now we are expanding uh, our bibliography content with the AI for through AI to more genes which are uh, related to the rare disease genes. And basically, we are becoming now uh, exome complete with this approach in order to cover uh, most of the genes that are known to be associated with uh, Mendelian disorder. So the users uh can uh, can be sure that they whatever they see in their screen is an accurate information for this gene moreover we have the manual creation uh, which is done as i mentioned before by uh, our phd scientists and this is done for the database information that we have and also for the most commonly tested genes and of course uh, last but not least is the quality control which is happening for all different data sets that we are using in order to ensure consistency and accuracy. And all this uh, brings in life uh, the Kajian knowledge base, which is used by QCI Interpret for hereditary diseases. So the AI and augmented molecular intelligence in QCI, now we are adding the AI content on top of the manually curated content. I would like to be very clear here. We're not quitting any manual curation efforts uh, on the contrary, we are expanding now the manually curated efforts and we are uh, going faster with our manual curation through the help of the AI uh, content. So uh, we give full transparency on the article uh, source of the content uh, for the manual curation, but also for the AI content. Uh, there is an enhanced content and list of evidences and literature from AI and LP on top of the existing manual create content, which facilitates interpretation. And of course, there are new gene variant and disease phenotype information with new disease filtering capabilities that I will show you right now. This is how it looks as an overview in QCI Interpret. Uh, so far, you had uh, in, in the bibliography section, for example, in this variant, you would see just the manual, uh, the, the human icons, but now you see some type some new type of icons which is this chip uh the blue chip and the yellow chip in this example we have blue chips and this indicates that these specific um uh references publications are coming from our ai driven approach the different colors the blue and the yellow indicate the different relevance and uh, the confidence of uh, the article to be relevant the blue icon represents the very high confidence articles. The yellow represents the high to medium confidence. And for those that are low confidence, we are completely excluding those in order to save you time and uh, you don't spend time in looking in information that most probably is false positive. Uh, the other providers, other providers of AI content, they provide basically everything. And then this has as a, this results in having false positive calls there, of course, but also uh, a tremendous amount of time from the user to, to clean up this information. So we don't do that. 
moreover, uh, this is how it looks in full screen, if you want. This is the AI bibliography content. And now we are adding a new feature here, which says show phenotype related references only. And if someone clicks on this automatically, it will keep only the references that really matter based on the phenotype under investigation or the disease under investigation. I will show you in a bit in a real case. This is now the AI-driven phenotype-driven ranking. Uh, we are now incorporating more, variable, more variables, which are more variant-specific, in order to further enhance the accuracy of our PDR uh, uh, approach. Uh, and uh, this increases our uh, accuracy. Let's go into a real case here. So I have one case here which contains 999 variants, as you can see, after filtering of some variants uh, through quality. And you can see that this is coming from a clinical exome case. So you have approximately 1,000 variants. And for this case, we know uh, some phenotypes of the patient. And uh, here I will try to showcase together the phenotype-driven ranking that I was referring to before, and also the power of the AI content. So we come to uh, the user interface, and we can uh, introduce and uh, give as input the different information that we know for this patient. For example, here, uh, this patient uh, has a congenital ichthyosis for erythroderma, uh, disorder of hair follicles, but also the scary, scaly, excuse me, scaly erythema. And if we submit that as a, as a symptom, then uh, we have uh, uh, the variants being analyzed through the phenotype-driven ranking approach in order to rank accordingly the variants and put on the very top those variants that are most probable to be related to these phenotypes that we give as input. And after the phenotype-driven ranking, this is what we get back. We get 188 variants, but you see that only the top three are predicted to be pathogenic or likely pathogenic, with the top two to belong to the same gene, the SPING5 gene. And indeed, this gene and these variants seem to be, these variants seem to be really uh, the causative one uh, for Netherton syndrome in this case, for this patient. So now if we look in the bibliography, uh, excuse me, if we look in the clinical validity uh, graph that I presented to you before, you see that we have the three symptoms that we uh, uh, gave as input. And these three symptoms, through this graph, you can see how they are linked and how they are related to the syndrome, but also to the gene uh, that now we, uh, we, we spotted as being the causative one. If we look now on the bibliography section for this uh, variant and see what, what is the information for this variant, we will see that we have a lot of information available, AI content with a blue chip, but also manually curated content, which is the ideal combination. And if we look further, we see more manually curated content for this variant, but also content from databases. Now, if we go back to these references and we click on the show phenotype related references only, in order to focus only to the references that really contain the phenotypes that our patient has, and then making sure that we focus first on the bibliography and the references that may be describing a clinical case very similar to our patient, you see that now we have filtered down the uh, information 
And the context that is shown here is containing these terms that we provided. And this is uh, found in these different uh, publications and papers. So in this way, the users can save time from looking at different publications and focus only on the publications that are very re related to the phenotype. Now, if we look on another uh, case, here we have an exon case. Uh, in this case, uh, I, I want to show you the importance of the AI content now not being related uh, necessarily to pathogenicity, but on something different. I take as an example this variant, the ATP2B3 variant. This variant is classified as variant of unknown significance, and I am sure that all of you, you are uh, very <laughs> well aware about uh, variants of unknown significance. is the biggest nightmare of uh, uh, people who are working on whole exome and whole genome. There are a ton of them. And for some genes as well, uh, there are not many publications available. Uh, and uh, in this specific variant here, if we look in the bibliography section and we click on that, we see just one publication here, which is now available based on the AI content, because you see the chip, the blue chip here. Before the incorporation of AI content, this uh, specific variant wouldn't have any publication available there. But this one has one publication that was also very recently published uh, at the end of 2022, and we have captured this. And uh, this information is uh, very, very important because it can give us extra information that was not uh, available before, but also uh, information that is of super high relevance since the color of the chip that we saw here is blue. This is another, uh, another um, uh, way of showing the importance of uh, AI content. The AI content is extremely important, first of all, for the bibliography and the evidences that we provide, which is combined with the manually curated content, the best-in-class manually curated content, but also uh, it's extremely important for the phenotype-driven ranking, which is uh, uh, sometimes necessary to be done, uh, especially for whole exome, whole genome, and clinical exome cases. With this, I will summarize uh, my presentation, and I'd like uh, to mention that uh, QCI Interpret is a scalable, standardized, and streamlined interpretation and reporting workflow. It can interpret any type of variant, including CNVs, the challenging CNVs. Uh, we provide efficient variant filtering and AI-driven phenotype-driven ranking approaches. And of course, uh, it's the only available tool out there that has the unique combination of AI content and manually curated content the best-in-class manually curated content. And of course, ultimately, all these valuable tools that we are just uh, discussed about can uh, reduce dramatically the interpretation time for you and uh, the turnaround time for your patients. With this, I would like to thank you very much for your attention, and I will be happy to answer any uh, questions. Thank you, Georgios. That's a great presentation. For the audience, if you're listening, uh, before we go ahead to the Q&A round, I launch a quick poll. Feel free to take this poll and let us know what you think. Um, Georgios, while the audience is taking the poll, um, question for you. You talked about um, AI bibliography tool. How does Kaijin's AI bibliography tool compare with the other AI tools? Mm -hmm. You can answer that for us. OK, cool. Um, so the, what I showed before, uh, for our AI content uh, against other tools, maybe uh, one of the most important differences is uh, 
the fact that we give full transparency, full transparency on uh, the, the, the relevance of the AI content so the users do not spend time with AI content that may not be very relevant to uh, the uh, uh, to the to, may not be relevant to the gene or disease or the variant are under investigation. That's why we provide the different colors, the blue and the yellow, and we have totally excluded the low relevance, which are quite a few of them, in all AI approaches. AI is an extremely powerful tool, but still provides some false positive information because it contains some uh, some noise there. And this noise, we are excluding it, so you don't spend time on this part of information, but you focus on the very high quality information. Thank you. Uh, something on the similar line, how the AI-driven and phenotype-driven ranking to be applied to other species and complex traits? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Other species and complex traits. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that's a very good question. Uh, at the moment, uh, our AI uh, content, of course, uh, works. Uh, we're speaking about the human uh, genetics here. And uh, we are focusing on genes and diseases, which are described, and they have some information out there. However, when it comes to more complex traits or diseases or phenotypes that still they don't have a clear uh, relationship with a specific gene, let's put it that way, we can also prioritize very effectively and rank variants. And this uh, tool, the phenotype-driven ranking tool, is also used not just by clinical laboratories and diagnostic laboratories, but is also used very efficiently by research teams as well. Uh, where they want to investigate the, 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 the relevance of different genes and, phenot and phenotypes. Uh, saying that, we are having um, a good collaboration with uh, different labs and uh, some publications will soon come up, uh, especially uh, on this type of information, as you mentioned, complex traits or uh, diseases that are not really well characterized as monogenic at the moment. All right, thank you. Uh, one question came while I think you were presenting on slide 67 or 65 on PDR. Uh, where does the false positive come from? Yeah, yeah, that, that relates to what I mentioned before. Uh, the false positives uh, is, is just coming from the AI because AI, as I said, uh, is an extremely useful tool. And that's why we are combining it now with our uh, manually created content. But it always contains some information that is not really uh, matching with the actual information that we want. Uh, and this is, this is happening because this is how AI works. Sometimes it, it catches information that the AI thinks that it is relevant, but it's not relevant. Uh, it's like the patterns that the AI is using. But what we do is that we are excluding this information with a low relevance score. And we provide to our users only very high uh, relevance score uh, content and high to medium uh, relevance score. All right. Thank you so much, Giorgio. I think in the interest of time, we'll take questions still here. And if we didn't get to answer your questions, we will get back to you later. Um, thanks once again, Giorgio, for the great talk. We'll move ahead to our 
next and final leg of the session of, of today. Um, in these sessions, we will talk about a high-quality human gene mutation database that helps to determine the biological, clinical, and disease-specific role of mutation. You will learn how to, uh, how to use the human genomic um, database as a clinical validation tool for clinical variant interpretations. In addition, in this talk, we will show you how AGMD helps you to gain genetic insights into inherited disease um, with its manually curated resource to find disease-causing mutations. Um, the speakers for today's session is Dr. Arisley Kuehler. Arisley joined Kaijin in 2020 and serves as one of our outstanding field application scientists. She has received her doctoral degree in integrative pathobiology from UC Davis, where she also completed her postdoctoral training in pediatric rare disease. Prior to join, joining Kaijin, she managed a molecular genetics lab that focused on identifying and analyzing genetic variants associated with a rare pediatric skull condition. With that, I will over this to you, Araceli. Please take it ahead. For the audiences, these sessions will be live screen sharing, and Araceli will also do a little bit of a demonstration. So feel free to minimize the slides window and maximize the live screen sharing window. Araceli, please take it ahead if you could hear me. Thanks, Iman. So I'm going to go ahead and share my... Do I share the entire screen, right? Yes. Um, yeah, go ahead and use the share screen option. Okay. All right, so can you see my screen? Yes, it's visible. Thank you. Yes. Please right. go ahead. All right. Okay, so welcome, everyone. So today we're going to take a look at the human gene mutation uh, database. Uh, for your uh, variant interpretation. And so variant interpretation... Speak, speak to the mic as well, that'll be awesome. I think your voice is coming a little bit low, maybe. Is this better? Yeah, much better. Please go ahead. Okay. Uh, so variant interpretation is a very um, involved process where hours can be spent searching through literature and external databases for the most relevant and up-to-date information. And so access to curated peer-reviewed evidence is warranted. And so HGMD, the Human Gene Mutation Database, is an expert curated database of germline mutations coming from peer-reviewed um, scientific and biomedical uh, literature established for the study of mutational mechanisms. Now, HGMD is available as a, a professional and a public version. And so this chart here shows you the content uh, gap between them. Now, although the public uh, version gives you access to content, um, accessing up-to-date uh, relevant information is critical as new variants are being uncovered all the time. And so we'll focus on um, HGMD Professional available through Kaijin Digital Insights. And so HGMD Professional is a database of human germline mutations that cause inherited diseases. It is updated quarterly with information coming from more than 2,000 uh, different journals. And this is carried out manually by a team of highly trained genetic experts, MD and PhD level scientists who read the literature and bring in the information. Now, HGMD entries include uh, the first uh, published uh, example of the mutation and its uh, pathogenic effect. And then certain mutations um, may also include additional reports like functional studies or additional phenotypes that supplement the understanding of the pathological effect. And so here on the left, you can see the content of the third quarter release 
of 2023 for HMD Professional. And you can see that HMD Professional includes annotations for more than 456,000 variants. Here on the right-hand side, uh, you can see a Venn diagram comparing the content in HMD with ClinVar. And so you can see that uh, more than 54% of the HGMD entries are only found within HMD Professional. Now, the true value of menu creation is its ability to provide high quality, accurate data. So if we compare uh, manual expert curation to machine learning or artificial intelligence, uh, we can see that um, automated uh, tools can get information more quickly. But this is where the advantage of these tools ends, as they don't have an individual taking the time to go through the content itself. Now, when we look at uh, the information that is being captured, um, expert curation holds the advantage in the quality of the data, uh, the noise uh, in the data, errors identified in the literature, and the handling of interpretation of the information itself. So that is why HGMD focuses on manual curation as it adds a level of quality that isn't yet achievable through automated approaches. And this is illustrated um, by the slide. And so we can use automated approaches in different ways. Uh, for example, uh, we can use um, images in machine learning or AI algorithms to differentiate and identify what a picture is. Uh, we can train the algorithm with several uh, dog pictures uh, to identify a dog. And so here the challenge is that the algorithm is directly going on the aspect of these uh, different um, images of used for training. So if the dog images um, look similar to a muffin, as is in this case, uh, the tool might incorrectly parse out information from pictures of muffins and not dogs, as there is no contextual understanding to the information that it is looking at. Now we can also use um, algorithms that go through publication and pull out annotations. And so here uh, it finds this information uh, for month control uh, C4M. And so this sample type might be mistakenly looked at by the tool as a um, C4M protein alteration. And so this, um, again, illustrates the advantage of having an expert curator read the literature and understand the context to get more accurate um, information. And so HGMD has been cited in over 23,000 publications. And um, HGMD, can, HGMD can be used uh, for um, the lookup of gene or variant information by utilizing the different uh, search parameters that are available within HGMD online. And so here you can take a look at uh, variant information by looking at it from a chromosomal location, or take a look at the gene by simply searching for that gene itself. Now, HGMD has also been used um, in panel design by identifying um, the genes that are relevant to a particular phenotype of interest. And it's also been used in improving machine learning methods and large-scale population sequencing as well. And so HGMD can be accessed online. Now, in addition to the online version, a downloadable version of HMD Professional is available in different file formats, such as tab deleted files, as well as uh, CV, uh, VCF files, as, as you can see here. 
Now it's also available um, as a developer license and can be integrated with other um, Kaijin Clinical Insight products. Now, when we look at a variant, um, HMD Professional provides a depth of summary information. Not only does it give you uh, details on uh, the variant itself, uh, but also provides additional information on the supporting references, uh, amino acids, uh, functional uh, predictions, uh, different transcripts, as well as um, conservation comparisons. And so let's go ahead and look at some use cases. So let's say that you are given uh, this variant in the gene uh, GNE. And so here we're looking at a um, arginine uh, 297 uh, glutamine change. Rather than spending hours uh, through literature and different um, external resources to um, classify this variant within HMD Professional, uh, you can quickly search for the variant and identify what phenotype the variant is associated with and look at the key uh, literature information regarding this particular variant. So let's go ahead and uh, look at this in uh, the actual um, software. Okay. And so when you log in to HMD Professional, uh, you can see uh, the current version that you're working with, uh, the contents, and then any important announcements or updates in its own page. Now within um, HMD Professional, uh, there are several ways uh, to search by. Uh, you can search uh, for a gene by simply clicking on the gene option and then typing in your gene of interest. And so here we can select our gene and take a look at all of the mutations uh, within the gene uh, GNE, which is our uh, gene of interest. And also look at the different phenotypes that the mutations um, are associated with. And so here uh, you can narrow down the mutations of interest by focusing on those type of mutations that you are interested in, or to get a look at those mutations that are relevant to particular phenotypes um, of interest. And so here, for example, uh, if you're interested in looking at um, the SANS mutations, you can simply just click on those and then narrow down um, the list until you identify that mutation that you are specifically uh, looking at. Now, another way um, is to search by the mutation itself, which directly pulls up the variant information. And so here we can simply go to the top and click on mutation. And you can see that we can uh, search by different uh, ways, uh, for example, by monoclature, uh, dbSNP, um, and also uh, chromosomal location. And so here um, we can type in our SNP of interest. I'm just going to go ahead and search it, search for it by monoclature. And so what this is going to do is it's going to pull up uh, the genes with variants matching to the monoclature uh, you are interested in. Now, if we click on um, the gene symbol, you are going to get a um, the spectrum of the different types of mutations that are associated uh, with that gene. And this is going to be the same information that you would get if you were searching by the gene itself. 
And so here uh, we can identify um, our gene of interest, which is GNE, and take a look at our uh, variant that we're looking at by simply clicking on the um, accession number associated with it. And so looking at this assessment, uh, you can see that the variant is associated with uh, Siluria. And uh, HGMD is citing um, this variant as a disease-causing mutation uh, presented here by the uh, DN uh, icon in red. Now here in the literature section, uh, you can see that there are a couple of different uh, papers listed. Now, the first uh, report was in a Portuguese girl who had the clinical, biomedical, and molecular characteristics. And then in addition uh, to the primary literature, um, these other papers are also included because the reviewers found that these papers added useful information. Now, something uh, that users like you might find particularly helpful is going to be the comments or notes section. And so here, reviewers will add notes to help clarify things. So for example, we are looking at a uh, 297 codon change, but in this paper from Leroy, we can see that it indicates that it is a 266 uh, codon change. And so um, looking at the note for another uh, publication, uh, the reviewers let you know that this paper also uh, reports it in the same way, and then also gives you the ensemble uh, transcript and where the information was found in the publication. So if it's listed in the supplemental data, it's going to tell you and point you to that direction. And so this shows the value of having someone manually look at the information. Uh, not only are they reviewing the body of the text, but they are also looking at the graphs, the figures, and supplemental tables and pointing you to where that key piece of information uh, that's relevant to the variant uh, was found. And so with this information, uh, you know that there is a reporting scheme on a different transcript than the one that you were given. And so HMD has uh, this additional predicted um, HGVS description a feature. And so here, if I scroll down and click on those arrows, uh, it's going to list all of the RefSeq transcripts, the um, HGBS descriptions, as well as the ensemble uh, transcripts. Again, by just taking a look at the citation, you can easily um, classify uh, your variant. Now, because HGMD Professional is updated regularly, uh, you can be confident that you are looking at the most up-to-date information when validating a variance classification. So if you are given uh, this uh, variant classified as pathogenic in gene uh, CTCF, uh, you, may, you can utilize um, HMD to validate its uh, classification. And so here you can quickly search uh, in HMD Professional and identify uh, the classification uh, for this uh, variant. So going back uh, to HMD online, uh, here we can quickly verify the classification of uh, your variant of interest by simply searching for it. And so I'm going to go back to this uh, mutation search, paste our variant that we're interested in,
And so here we can um, see that this um, particular variant is indeed classified as uh, DM, disease causing mutation. And you can see more information by simply just clicking on the accession. And so when we take a look at the accession, we can see that this um, particular variant is associated with um, a mental retardation a phenotype. And then again, you can take a look at the information that is associated with um, variant to further validate um, and verify its information. And so as I mentioned um, earlier, there is a public version of HGMD. And so here, let's look at the advantages of having the professional version. Now, unlike the public version, which is three years out of date, HGMD professional is updated quarterly and gives you the ability to query um, the databases in different ways. Um, in addition to this, um, the sessions uh, within Aging Professional provides you access to more detailed information uh, not available with the public version. And so HGMD Professional is a powerful, expertly curated database that provides accuracy and high quality data compared to um, automated approaches. Um, it serves as a valuable resource uh, for research and clinical interpretation with rich, up-to-date content and uh, powerful search tools that are not available with the public version. And so overall, HGMD Professional is a great tool when you are asking the questions, does this germline uh, human mutation cause disease? And so with this, uh, thank you for your time uh, today. Um, we have a few questions for this session today, but once again, before I go ahead, uh, we'll launch a quick poll and then get to the Q&A. Araceli, question for you. This kind of came in between. Um, how can we get more information on a variant of uncertain significance? I was, I'm not really sure it just came for you or Giorgio, but maybe just go ahead. Yeah, so um, as I mentioned, um, HGMD uh, is a great tool for um, looking at those variants that um, are associated to cause uh, human disease. And so um, HGMD does not contain information on the U.S.'s, as the nature of the U.S. is that um, we don't really know what it, its role is within um, a disease. And so um, the, we do have other products that um, can help you uh, get more insights on the USS, but unfortunately, HGMD um, is not the, the right source. Gotcha. Um, I somehow think that uh, this question came for Giorgio, but thank you for answering that. The second question will be, how frequently HGMD Pro is updated, professional, and uh, how does it compare to the public versions? I think you kind of answered that, but if you want to like answer once again, that's great. Uh, yes, so HGMD Professional is updated quarterly, whereas the public version is um, updated less frequently. So it is about three years out of date. Um, and so if you um, are looking for the most up-to-date uh, information when it comes to classifying and interpreting your variants, um, HGMD Professional is a much uh, better option. All right, thank you. Um... And if there are any other ways to access HGMD data other than um, the HGMD public or professional? Uh, yes, so HGMD data can be accessed through QCI Interpret. Uh, so with QCI Interpret, you can see the HGMD professional entry for every variant uh, in your VCF. 
uh, that goes through the interpretation and for which there is a um, HGMD session associated to it. And that was um, nicely highlighted by Georgios today. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you for reiterating that. And um, let me see what questions I have. Uh, does HGMD provide information about polymorphisms in genes? So yes, uh, so for polymorphisms um, to be included in HGMD, there must be some sort of literature evidence uh, showing a link to um, a disease or a phenotype. Okay, awesome. So I think that'll be all. We are on top of like the hour. So thank you, Araceli, once again, for taking us through the HGMD and doing the demonstrations. That was fantastic. And uh, that concludes the agenda for today part one of the Hitler Summit. Um, I hope that uh, we have all learned something and enjoyed. And um, the journey through secondary analysis, reporting confidence and trust and using a genomic database. The part two of the um, Hitler Summit, as I mentioned, is will be on November 9th. Um, please use the same link for registering for the event if you haven't done already. Uh, and Unlike the part one today, we'll have different experts from molecular labs and genomic labs, and various scientists will be interacting with Kaiser's um, expert and take questions from you. And please reach out if you have any questions for us. And um, with that, I want to thank like all our speakers, Neha, Georgios, and um, Arasali, and thank you to the entire audience for listening, participating, and asking questions. We will get back to you with the answers of the questions um, we didn't get to. We have quite a few questions pen, like pent up from this uh, talk one and talk two. And with that, I wish all of you a great rest of the day. Thanks for attending and see you November 9th. Goodbye and stay safe.